Welcome to Conzy's Diary! Alright, so we're going to go ahead and cut another episode of Conzy's Diary. We're going to go ahead and talk about making your own movement trays. This is something that every wargamer really pretty much needs and something that not a lot of us have a great skill set for manufacturing our own tray. So I wanted to go ahead and talk about it. I know there's a lot of articles on the web, but sometimes it's good just to listen to one person's approach to maybe you can learn something just from that description. Maybe some people, you know, maybe this will help some of you understand how to do this. This is really for new players and older players now. One of the things that every Warhammer player loves and or needs are magnetic movement trays. So that's something I have done. And I certainly, I won't be the person to say that this was my concept or my idea on how I make my trays. I actually got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, Andy Welton, who is a good friend of mine, go ahead, went ahead and this is how he, basically his technique on how to make them and... I just adopted it. He shared it with the with the rest of the folks over on the Wisconsin Warmer Fantasy Battles League a few years ago, and it's kind of stuck with me. It's a, it's a really good system. It's real sound. So without further ado, let's go ahead and talk about that for a second. Let's go ahead and start with your list of materials. You're going to need the obvious things. You'll need, from just a tools perspective, I like to have a, a good solid scissors, a hobby knife, and that's pretty much it for tools. As far as then getting into the materials, I need a little balsa wood. I like to have it one eighth by one inch, you know, square balsa wood. Magnetic sheet. You want to have this to be good, strong magnetic sheet. If it's that, if it's weak or cheap, it won't be strong enough to hold on to the models, like to hold on to a plastic model if you turn the tray upside down. So, and that's kind of what you're looking for. Even a metal model unless it's really heavy, you should be able to stick to the tray when you flip the tray upside down when this is done. So that's a good way to find out if you've got good sheet is to take take a model, literally. You know, it doesn't have to be painted or anything. Just take it when it's, com- when it's complete, when I've finished describing the process, stick it to the sheet, turn the sheet upside down. If it sticks, it's good enough. If it doesn't stick, shop for better, different magnetic sheet because it's not going to cut it. On top of that, the... Other materials you'll need is some plastic card. I like to use thicker plastic card sheet because it's what's going to give your tray, especially when you're dealing with horde units, it gives your tray a bit of additional rigidness to support it as it moves over maybe some hills or whatever to keep it without getting all flexible and whatever. One of the things with magnetic trays in this method is the more surface area your model has to stick to the tray, the better the model is going to adhere and keep from falling out of place or tipping over as you handle it and or maneuver it. So Then you'll need a little, I like to use a little uh, white PVA glue or Elmer's glue here in the U.S. And super glue is very important as well in this process. I pretty much think I've covered all the materials you're going to need. 
let's go ahead and, and start with how I go about this. Now, one of the things that I, I know the bases are supposed to be 20 mil and 25 mil and whatever that I'm working with. Oh, there was one other material. One last material. You're going to need little square pieces of sheet metal for the bit that fit your bases. I will, if I, I, there's a specific company I buy them for. If I locate the company, I will go ahead and put that up in the Wisco Dice links because it's, they make them, they're all pre-cut, they're nice and flat. You get like 35 of them for five US dollars. It's not a bad deal. And let's go ahead and get into the making of the tray itself. So the first thing I do is I take the models, whatever the models I'm going to use, if they're on 20 mils, 25 mils, and I basically put them as if they were on a tray and take some measurements. Old carpenter's rule of thumb, measure twice, cut once. Now I do realize the base should be 20 mil or 25 mil, and you should be able to just automatically use that in your calculation. I don't recommend it. I'd rather take the take the time, get some additional measurements, make sure that it works, because you never know. Maybe the models don't base up quite perfectly, or maybe the models, those are 25 mil bases, but they're actually 24 mils wide. That's actually, we, we did some calculations on the old GW Calvary. The 25 by 50 bases were actually 24 millimeters wide. So it was important to realize that as you're getting this going. To the models themselves, I just, as I'm in the assembly process, I also glue the metal, pre-cut metal squares to the base. Right to the bottom of the base with some super glue before I prime it or anything. That way, when I paint the base, that also gets painted because that will end up showing around the bottom of the miniature's base. Not that anybody's ever going to see that as the models are tucked into the tray and whatever. But I think it helps cover up some of that with color. It makes the model look better unified. So that's an important step. I do that during that phase. And then when I have, and then also then, if there was a little, if I, when I glued the metal to the base, maybe there was a little bit of overhang. So it's sitting just a touch cockeyed on, on the, ba- on the uh, base, just enough to where the model takes that extra, you know, millimeter of space or half a millimeter of space now in the tray. I want to make sure I account for that. Measure the models. Once you have them all assembled and and the metal bases are, are glued, the metal squares are glued to the bases themselves, measure that to what you want the unit to end up being. So if I want that unit to be five wide and eight deep, well, I take five models wide, measure that, and then I measure the eight, the eight deep just to make sure that it's where I think it, it should be. Then I always add... I like to put wood, uh, wood edge on the front and sides of the unit because then I can put some flock or sand on it and it makes the unit look more unified with the rest of the army and the display board and such. So when I do that, I want to go ahead and for my final measurements, I want to go ahead and add an eighth of an inch to the, from the, to basically the, what the front to back is going to be of the unit. Because I'm just going to put an eighth at eight that one piece of balsa along the front of the unit. Now I'm going to put an eighth inch chunk of balsa on the on the left side and the right side of the unit as basically a, an edging on that unit tray. So I'm going to add a quarter inch to the final measurements that I've gotten. 
I then always want to give it an extra little bit of play. So I try to give it about an extra eighth inch total for the front to back measurement. And for the left to right in measurement, I also give it about an eighth of an inch. When I finally get done putting this all together, if it happens to be that that's actually a little bit too much, well, that's no big deal because I will measure and put the models into the finalized tray before I glue the bolts on just to make sure that things fit together with the bolts correctly. That's all right to add that additional. I'd rather add a little extra and have a little extra material and the final stages of putting this whole thing together rather than not have enough material and go, oh, crud, no, I'm trimming bolts of wood. Okay, so moving on, we go ahead and talk about the next step. Now that I have all of my measurements, my next step is to go ahead and cut the plastic card. And I'm going to try to make sure this is as square as I can get it. I realize it's by the time you know you cut this by hand, it'll not be perfectly square. The measurements might not be perfect, but get it, get the measurements, cut it as square as you can. Because the next thing I'm going to use, I'm going to use that plastic card. I'm going to take my rolled up sheet. A lot of times it's rolled up in a roll, so it's kind of warped and whatever. So I'm going to take that plastic card and I'm going to glue it right to that magnetic sheet. And then once it's set up the glue is set up, I'm going to then cut it out with my scissors. I'm going to cut the magnetic sheet with a scissors. So it's important to get your measurements, get the cuts. You can even then, when you cut that plastic card, or before you cut that plastic card, you could even go to the step that with that measure, cut once, measure twice. Before you cut it, you could go ahead and put your models on the on it and make sure that it looks right with the gaps to the various edges that you want to go ahead and put your edging and such on. All right, so now I've cut my plastic card. I'm going to go ahead and glue it to the magnetic sheet. I use a combination of the PVA glue, the white Elmer's glue, and super glue here. I tend to use the super glue around closer to the edges, and I put it like an extra super glue from one corner to the other corner just to allow it to set up a little more quickly in the short term as I'm working with the material, as I'm working with that warped magnetic sheet so that way i don't have to necessarily like okay now i have to wait for this for like three hours for that pva to dry up no i can go ahead and move on on top of that it helps that pva i think set up and adhere because because that sheets because i'm gluing it to a warped magnetic sheet it it may in the drying process if i don't use a bunch of weights on it and such it may very likely pull right off before it ever sets up and adheres to that Elmer's glue. It, that sheet may curl right up, and then you're like, oh, it's half stuck. It's glued on there, and now I've kind of wasted material, or I've got to spend a lot of time waste, wasted trying to fix that. So that little bit of Elmer's, or that little bit of super glue goes a long ways here. Once this is basically set up and you've got your sheet glued to the plastic card, it's a real simple matter then just cut out the magnetic sheet with like a scissors from the you know using the plastic card as a template and voila you've basically at this point you have a functional tray it's a little bit wider and longer than you would want but you're going to go ahead and use balsa wood then to give it some edging so that's the next thing i take the balsa wood and i cut my front piece all one piece to start with and i'll just i usually i don't even bother to measure this so much as i just put it right on the right on the top of the movement tray that I've already cut out now with the scissors from the from the sheet and start to start to edge it just a little bit with my hobby knife just enough to put a marker on it take it to my cutting board finish the cut glue it in place then I go ahead and put my front rank 
All right, put my front rank in a couple of, in the in the left side and the right side, and I'll put the left piece of balsa wood. I'll put that in place. Look at it. Make sure it looks right. Put that little pen mark or cut mark on it for where I want it to go, and I'll make sure that this is the farthest it can go to the edge of the material so that it sets up one of the sides. I cut that piece then, glue it in place. I use super glue to glue all this balsa wood. I don't use PVA at all. And as I put this piece piece of balsa on with the models that are still sitting on the tray, I pull the models off. As soon as the piece is down and it's kind of set in place where it ain't going to move, I pull the models off because I don't want any super glue to leak onto the models and or get them. I've had it happen in the past where I was lazy and didn't pull the models off. The models then got stuck to the tray and I had to pry them off and it was a big pain in the rear and I ended up damaging the tray a touch, the magnetic sheet. And again, that goes back to the more surface area you have of that magnet in contact with the metal of your that you've glued to the bottom of the miniatures base, the better adherence that magnet's going to have and the less and the better it's going to be at holding your model in place, whether you use these trays then to haul your models as part of your transport like I do, or if you use these trays for just in your games. Finally, I go ahead and now and move on to, say I started with the left side of the tray and glued that piece on, I'm going to go ahead then and move to the right-hand side of the tray. Now, this is where having those models on the tray really comes into important play because now... Because I added all that little bit extra size, I can go ahead and add this piece of balsa right to where the model's bases effectively are. I still want to maybe give it just a millimeter or two uh, extra space to for for things to fit and whatever. I know I don't have the whole unit's worth of models on this tray, so you never quite know. Maybe you need that extra, you know, couple millimeters or a millimeter or so. I always give it just a touch of a gap off the base, but not much. Like I said, a millimeter or so is really, really good enough here. And then I glue that in place with the models really forming that right flank. And once again, as soon as that glue, that piece of balsa is down, the glue's kind of had, it doesn't take long with balsa wood as long as it's just set up a little bit. Go ahead and pull the models off the tray. You don't want the models to get glued to the tray. Now, it doesn't take long for the setup. I give it just a few minutes. It's all set up. It's now, it should be a nice flat tray. It's all magnetized. You can go ahead then and paint your edges, those that trim any way you want. You do note that you now have this overhang on the outside of the tray that looks kind of unsightly. Um, be very careful when you cut the bolts ahead. You want to try to keep that very square. But So I usually use my hobby knife for that, and then I'll go back with the scissors and just trim off the excess and or then clean it up with a hobby knife if I need to. Overall, the the process makes a very nice movement tray. It could look maybe a little bit cleaner, a little nicer, but overall I really like the way it turns out. It works very effectively for holding my models in place and for doing things like you know being able to been able to take my units and flip them over as I demonstrate the this for new players and it's amazing I can take like my black orc into the old metal black orcs if you're familiar with the models I can literally take those flip the whole unit up upside down and not have a model fall off the tray that's really great it's really a really neat system I'm really thankful to my buddy who came who basically showed me how to do it and now I've shared it with you so hopefully that's something you can go ahead and take uh into your 
way of doing things and into your hobby, or at least some notes out of this. I, I'll note it doesn't work nearly as good for the Mantic models. I'm working on a solution for those, and when I have that come up, came up with, I'll go ahead and let you folks know. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. I hope you enjoyed me talking about making movement trays, and we'll see you next time on Cozy's Diary. Peace out, folks. Peace out, folks.